0: Hi everyone, you are now tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. Our special guest today is director, producer, and director of photography, also known as DP, Mr. Chandler Kaufman. We hope you enjoy part one of this two-part discussion. Thank you for joining us today. All right, hi everyone. Thank you so much for joining us with Conversations with Producers. I am joined here with Chandler Kaufman, and I hope that I pronounced your name correctly. (laughs) You got it right. Oh, that is absolutely amazing. Um, I just wanted to talk to you today and really get to know more about you. Um, For the audience, there's people out there that want to know more about what a producer, director, DP actually does, and we want to give them that knowledge and um, hopefully mentor them with this podcast, so... I wanted you to, you know, let us know your name, position, and how long you have been in
1: this industry. All right, well, yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, This is fun. Um, My (laughs) name is Chandler Kaufman, um, and I'm a, like you said, a a producer, a director, and a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm based in Brooklyn, New York, but I've spent a lot of time in Los Angeles and Uh, worked out there a bunch uh, so kind of bounce between the two locations and um, um, I've been in the business now wow I was doing the math on this after I you know read your questions I was getting ready for this interview (laughs) Um, you know, since I graduated college, so it's been like, uh, dating myself here about about 25 years. Um,
0: Listen, we're probably around the same age and that is fun. And I'm also from Brooklyn. So this is even more amazing. So (laughs) don't even worry about it. I'll say I graduated high school in 98. So
1: you just there you go yeah
0: yeah <laughs> time cool. is flying by when you see yeah. some of those great films like et and all that and they're say celebrating 30 35 years it really ages you right you're just yeah. like, just like yes, <laughs> and no. don't even worry so you have 25 years in this industry that is really amazing um could you elaborate for the audience like what is your daily life might look like as as far as what you do in the industry sure. and stuff, um, because that's one thing that people might be very much interested in, you know, is the chaos of it all.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, the I mean, so that's the thing is I, you know, I've had so many different sort of uh kind of eras in my career at this point that um what a day looks like now is so different than what a day looked like 10, 15 years ago, uh, which is to my liking, I like that. Things change. I like that there's um, a newness to everything, um, but there are things that certainly stay the same. And I, you know, I think for me, there's always sort of two tracks going. There's the track of the work I'm doing for clients, um, projects that I've been brought onto, I've been hired onto, um, in one capacity or another that um, you know I'm, I'm working on. I'm either prepping for or actively shooting or in some you know if I'm going to be involved in post-production you know involved in post-production and then there's my own projects which are things that sort of start with me you know wanting to do something um, and or coming up with an idea or coming across an idea or collaborating with somebody else and coming up with an idea and those are projects we're trying to get off the ground and made, um, one way or another, uh, with, you know, help from other people or just on our own. I mean, it really runs the gamut, but, you know, typically anything that's going to like go anywhere is going to require, you know, funding from somebody else to, mm-hmm. to make. And so that's a whole process unto itself. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I I sort of split my time that way and it really varies. There's times in my life where I'm really just focused on the work that I've been hired onto, that I've been brought on to, that's already been sort of maybe conceptualized and gotten underway um before I was involved. And, you know, that becomes all consuming. And then those projects slow down or they wrap up or whatever. And then I transition onto mine or or bounce onto another project that, you know. I was brought on to. So it really, it really varies. Um, can you, you take know, this, a deeper
0: dive into maybe some of the brands that you've worked on? And then we talk more to the commercial stuff and then we get into the personal as well where you can discuss some of your own projects and what genre that you work in. So I know sure. that you mentioned the commercial stuff, like what are some of the brands and, you know how did you get into that side of it as well from the like TV, film, comedy write-in and all of that stuff
1: right yeah so i mean it kind of goes back a bit um (laughs) 25
2: years
1: (laughs) yeah uh, a little more um (laughs) uh yeah i so just to give you like the full give you the full rundown on sort of how i've gotten here because it might just make it a little bit clearer and easier is Mm -hmm. um I went to film school at NYU. Um, I didn't start off there. I started off in just the regular College of Arts and Sciences. And, mm-hmm. and, had a bun- and I really wanted to go to NYU because they had a, a humor magazine uh, called The Plague. And I really wanted to work on that. Um, and then um, I had a bunch of friends who were in the film program. And I'd help out on their films while I was you know, just doing regular arts and sciences kind of stuff. And on a lark, I applied to the film program. Um, and this was the summer, right before the summer that I was doing this, like, pre-med intensive, like, bio pro, like, all summer thing. So, like, during that summer, I was, like, immersed in pre-med and bio and then also got into the film program at NYU. And so I had, like, this sort of crossroads decision to make. And I was mm-hmm. like, how can I say no to, to uh, you know, the film program? So I did that. Um, I worked on the, the Humor Magazine as well, which was, like, another great uh, experience like I mean learning creative production on a a totally different level and obviously it was like you know back in the day of like actual magazine so yeah there was all the you know worrying about putting out issues and you know trying to not lose a huge amount of money doing it (laughs) (laughs) um, keep our little operation afloat and um, so when I when I got out of school when I got out of uh, college um you know trying to figure out what am I going to do you know I'd worked on a lot of student films obviously which is kind of what film school you know does for you and um some friends of mine who graduated a year ahead of me were working on a feature film and uh it was back in the day when people you know made indie features with you know not uh, like, I mean, not a ton of money, but like enough money to make a movie, you know, with, with a bunch of, uh, a pretty large crew shooting on 35 millimeter. And
0: I was about uh, to say Steven Spielberg started like that, you know, it was like him and his friends just trying to film something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. This this was like like a well put together film that had some money, but you know, I mean, okay. Money behind it, I guess. I don't really know the budget, but I had a choice. I could either, like they needed two positions filled they needed mm-hmm. a craft service pa or or mm-hmm. they needed a camera department pa now the craft service pa paid it's very important more. it's very important and, yes. and it, it, <laughs> you know it, it it actually like paid some money the camera department pa was like a nominal token and um but i love and lo- back then loved cameras i was like fascinated by motion picture film and Mm-hmm. And all the technical stuff around it. And I studied a lot of that in school. Um, so I went the camera department PA route. And I can sort of trace back all of my connections in the industry, all of my friendships, all of my work experiences, kind of root back to that one first job. Exactly. Uh, which is nuts, you know? I mean, <laughs> like, it's, it's sort of like we were all like kind of like alumni from that film. Mm -hmm. um and um so uh from there I wound up working my way up in the camera department as a camera assistant Mm -hmm. uh like back in the day of of film I was a loader on a couple of movies and then I was an AC on a lot of different projects and then you know I found that ACing really like I I well I loved cameras it was not like the mentality of that wasn't quite perfectly suited for me. You know, like you have mm-hmm. to be super laser focused all day for you know 12 plus hours a day. And I realized Do you remember that...
0: the type of cameras that you were working
1: with? Oh yeah, absolutely. We were working, I mean that first film, the film was called um ABCD, which stood for American Born Confused Desai um, <laughs> It was all what about genre um... was
0: that was it comedy?
1: Yeah, it, it was it was like a comedy kind of like you know first generation um immigrant story like you mm-hmm. know kind of thing um but it was it was a cool movie it had some people who went on to do like big stuff um and um yeah we shot that on um a 35 BL uh which was an Airy 35 bl
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which I still remember because like my last day of work was they'd rented the camera from a Cameron house in Boston which was. Mm-hmm called Rule Camera back then, I think. i I think it was a different name now, but um, and so my job was to drive the camera back up and uh, back to Boston and back to New and then back to New York City, drop off the van and get back in time for the big rap party. Yes, um, yes, which, <laughs> the know.
0: transportation is important as well. You're like, yeah. listen, I cannot mess this up. That was a lot of pressure right there.
1: It, well I mean the pressure was just to get back in time for the rap party because it was like you, know, <laughs> you just spent you know I don't remember like whatever it was like eight weeks working together and you know we're all young and in our 20s and I mean you know working on those kind of films back in that era at that age it's it's basically like summer camp for you know everybody like it's You make a little bit of money, maybe, but like it's like you're making all these friends. You're like having adventures. You're going Mm -hmm. to all sorts of places you would never normally go, you know. And um, you know, and and shooting 35 back in those days, you had like pretty you know pretty large crew compared to what you'd probably have now making that Mm -hmm. film. Um, So you met a lot of people and you got to like hang out. And there's like all this downtime on set and. So you kind
0: of like built a community is what you're saying. Yeah,
1: And that
0: community continued on as the years passed by.
1: Exactly. As roles Mm -hmm. changed, as people moved up. And of course, some people move on from the business, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yeah, so from, from there, I've had, I transitioned into uh, eventually into the lighting department uh, and I worked my way up as a gaffer and all the while, while I was doing all of this, I was making my own shorts. I was making all sorts of little projects of my own. Nice. And as I um, worked in these other positions, I also like was able to build up like favors, you know, with rental houses and just mm-hmm. crew would like help me out on my projects or lend me equipment. Um, and, you know, Kodak would, you know, if you went to them and really pleaded your case, they would give you film, you know? Uh, <laughs> so it was- That's exciting though. Shout oh, out to
0: Kodak.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, codec, the Kodak's amazing. They're still great.
0: And now a word from one of our sponsors. After starting my podcast, I needed to hire the pros to market the content. Are you looking for digital success? Look no further. World Boss HQ is your strategic partner. Their experts turn your vision into a digital masterpiece. From stunning websites to powerful marketing, they've got you covered. Startups or established businesses, they are your one-stop solution. Visit worldbosshq.com. That is W-O-R-L-D-B-O-S-S-H-Q.com and unleash your potential today. World Boss HQ Digital Marketing. Your online empire awaits. We are excited to bring you this world-exclusive teaser from Bad Rabbit Pictures and Movie Pods. They are presented Age of Prophecy, a sci-fi fantasy podcast done in the style of the radio dramas of yesteryear. Coming soon to all streaming platforms. Visit www.moviepods.com or www.thenookchronicle.com for all the release dates. You won't want to miss this one. Your myths were born from our history. Let's check it out. Life. A vile, messy sequence of events before we die. All designed for something beyond us. It has to be, or else what's the point? You don't know me, but I know you. I am responsible for your triumphs and miseries.
1: Zira and Lil'zor, and to truly understand your own story, you must know mine. Your myths were born from my history.
0: Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers
1: podcast. And, um, yeah, and then... Um, so how did of, you
0: transition to the producer side of it?
1: From the, right, doing the creative,
0: where you... I know that you're saying, like, you do have multifaceted positions and everything, and that definitely leads back to the NYU days and all of that stuff. Like, when did it become also the producer side, which is more of the post and the, the pre-production
1: and all of that stuff. What made you right. get it? I mean, so side? like I'd been making, you know, my own little projects all along and, and mm-hmm. learning all these other sort of ins and outs and crafts and, you know, how the, how post-production really works and all that. And then um, I made, I decided I was working on a lot of commercials when I was gaffing and There was a lot of, you know, like worked on some comedy stuff and, you know, with my comedy writing background and my, my, you know, my first love was always comedy. Mm -hmm. um, I decided I'd make some like uh, spec spots, uh, spec spots and spec commercials are just commercials made out of your own pocket to build your reel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know any better. So I just wrote it myself. And then my friend who (laughs) uh, was a, you know, he's now a really big DP, but was like a working his way up to be a DP at the time he and, and these were born out of us just like sitting around bullshitting like having lunch together and stuff and like jokes that we thought were funny yeah and um so we went to panavision and you know we held out our, ha- our hats and they gave us a camera package and we went to kodak and they gave us some film and um then through uh, uh, another producer i had met who was like a, a young up and coming producer we found a casting person and we cast the spots with, you know, um, you know, really solid actors who like, you know, they're solid commercial actors. And if you can scrape together enough for their day rate, they'll come out and do your little spec spot, you know. Yes. Uh, and we and how spots-
0: important is that as well? As far as Absolutely. like putting yourself even more forward is like, you know, with these commercial spots and everything and having like mean talent in it.
1: Well, Definitely. I mean, not, you know, they're not, like, name talent, like, you know, that are going to, like, um, no, no one, in, it's no one that anyone's going to recognize, but just by going the route of, like, actually, like, using SAG actors, mm-hmm. uh, and then doing, like, I think, I forget the contract that they, you can do, they have all sorts of contracts for, like, indie stuff, and for, like, mm-hmm. spec stuff, um, you know, it just opens you up to more experienced talent, which, as, like, you know, a director who is really cutting his teeth, Um, that's like, not only do you get better quality, but you really get to learn from them too. And that for me is always so much fun. I mean, that's what's so much fun about filmmaking in general is everyone, it's such a specialized art form and there's so many different pockets of people doing amazing stuff in their own discipline Mm -hmm. that like to get to like collaborate with those people and Mm -hmm. see what they can bring to a project is always like, that's like really, to me, like one of the the best parts of the whole thing.
0: And that was going to um, be my next question for you as well. Did you have a mentor in this industry? And it sounds like uh, you've had multiple mentors in this industry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've had a, I've had a lot of different mentors and I mean, I think like, I haven't had any, I, I don't know that I've had, I've had a couple of people that were like way above me who would like guide me along the way and stuff um, for sure. Um, but it's also just, other people who are either were at my level or ahead or maybe even not as you know like a little bit further behind with their learning curve where we all just sort of help each other out you know Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean I think it's like amazing what kind of help you can get when you just ask for it you know and if you've built good relationships if you've built a good network um I mean, look, it's it's a super social business, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, I, a lot of businesses are certainly, but this is really like, you know, I think the majority of things I've gotten hired on to when I wasn't quite like there as far as having a reel that was ready or mm-hmm. having anything to show that I had any idea what I was doing was really just because like, you know, I, it was built on like friendships or just like we kind of got along or we like could see that yes. this was... situation where we could get along for like you know a couple 12-hour days in a row and like you know Mm -hmm. i mean a sense of humor you cannot overstate the importance of a good sense of humor like Mm -hmm. i really think a lot of the doors that open for me just open because um i like to joke around with people i like to Mm -hmm. like laugh and you know when you're working long days like people want to be around someone that they can laugh with you know and absolutely um when you're hurting
0: in every bone in your body it's just like i want to lay down that person that makes you laugh is really pivotal yeah
1: exactly yeah no totally totally so (laughs) so yeah so then um as um and and i also when i when i did my first spec commercials they were for ebay um my producer friend introduced me to an editor who was uh Mm -hmm. really experienced he had his own at the time he had a he was a partner in a in a commercial production, a commercial post-production house. Mm-hmm. And they were really kind and just sort of like took on the project just because they had thought it was funny. And um, long story short, they the commercials wound up doing really well in the world of like spec commercial festivals. Oh con. Nice. Um, there's a commercial part of the con festival that uh, Is sort of independent of the Cannes Film Festival, and they went to that, um, and that got me my first representation as a director. Nice, yeah. And it was, you know, and then I was working through a, uh, as a commercial director. You get you you get represented by production companies, and um, they sort of act as your agent, and they produce the the spots. Um, And so I started off with like a a company uh, that was a spinoff of one of Bob Giraldi's companies. And Bob Giraldi Mm -hmm. has been directing commercials since before they were even what we know them as now as like little films. Like he sort Mm -hmm. of helped pioneer that whole movement. And um, so he had started this little spinoff company at part of his little empire. And I was one of the directors there for a while. And then I've bounced around and I've been with a bunch of different production companies over the years and Mm -hmm. been on my own for a while and, you know, had my own company. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's where, you know, producing comes in as well. I mean, well, first of all, when you're making your own projects, if you're directing them, if you're writing them or whatever, you're you're inherently going to be one of the producers because you're going to have to help assemble the project. You're going to have to bring elements together. um, Even, I mean, yeah, if it's just figuring out lunch every day for your crew or if it's you know figuring out something as hard as like parking and load in and out of locations which in New York City is always like a you know huge undertaking absolutely
0: Uh, your car can be gone in five seconds I remember I, I moved from LA and um oh, I'm from Brooklyn, but I moved to LA. And then I was moving back and a friend said, oh, come down to the Dumbo area in Brooklyn to have lunch. And we literally were gone for like an hour and a half. And I come back and my car is gone. And the people were like, oh, did you see which way the arrow was pointing? And I was like, the arrow? You know, you don't think about that. You're thinking like, oh, I'm within the time. It's not that time limit. They're not coming through. And they're like, no, it was the arrow pointing to the left should have been. I was like, this is, no. So that is the, uh, if you're a guru of that, then you're amazing, Chandler.
1: (laughs) I don't know that I'm a guru of that. I just, I have a car in New York City. So I've had to, I've had to learn the hard way. I mean, um, yeah, you definitely like, but I've been on plenty of shoots where a PA parks in the wrong place and the production vehicle gets towed and God help you if there's actual stuff you needed in there, you know? And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, there's all sorts of, you know, uh all sorts of trial and error sort of things. But I mean, I did I did have my stint as a PA too when I first got out of school. Um mm-hmm. just a straight up production, you know, PA, not for any particular department, you know, doing mm-hmm. like the crazy like 4 a.m. wake up to like pick up a truck to drive it to wherever in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And and I did a lot of that for um the uh Saturday Night Live used to have a film unit that did all the fake commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all union, um, and obviously I wasn't in the unions back then, um, so I was pa for them, and they used to, like, we used to do, like, crazy big shoots on the turn of a dime, you know, they'd, like, the mm-hmm. writers on SNL would write the spot, like, on a Thursday or, or Wednesday or something, we'd be shooting Thursday, Friday, and and then they'd, like, somehow turn it around in time to air on Saturday night. Um, and so it was like it was crazy. I, I did like a couple months of that, but it was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, but, um, and then because uh, some of the camera guys realized I knew how to load, they were shooting those on film back in the day, and mm-hmm. they realized I know how to load film cameras. And so, I mean, you're not supposed to do this with the union rules and everything, but sometimes they'd let me load, you know, just because they were like under crude or whatever. So like, I mean, I thought it was amazing, but yet I was making a a PA's rate and doing like a loader's job, which was not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, you're like, oh,
0: I'll be hybrid, it's
1: okay. This is all leading to somewhere eventually, which is. (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't have to like, you know, worry about the garbage cans that were overflowing if I was So like, you know, then that was okay with me, so. Now,
0: an exciting message from our sponsors. When I decided to launch this podcast, I had the tools to find talent and market the show, but needed a skilled editor to bring it all to life. That's when I turned to Jacob Daly at RedHawk.UK. His collaborative approach and swift revisions transformed my vision into reality. RedHawk.UK, your one-stop solution for creative content services. Reach out to them. Now a word from another of our supporting sponsors. That is Realm IQ, a new AI consultancy started by film marketing veteran Kurt Doty, who has built an international team of AI mentors to help AI change management for your business. Go to www.curtdoty.co/slash. Realm IQ, smart people for smart adoption, creating smart worlds. Realm IQ, book your AI workshop today, adopt or perish. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast.
1: Um, Let me
0: ask you, what was one of the best projects you have worked on, either past or present? You know, you've mentioned like the ABCD film and everything um from back then but is there's one that you can elaborate on that and tell us why that was so great even from a producer's standpoint
1: for the audience well, you know I mean I you know going going back a ways um I might use something was, more recent so back like, a ways no yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I did, I did a project uh, right before the pandemic for um, this was this was as a producer director just through my production company, mm-hmm. um, a project for the Congressional Medal of Honor Foundation,
2: mm-hmm. where we
1: traveled around the country interviewing recipients of the Congressional Medal of Honor, nice. um, and that always stands out to me as like a a great project because it was, it was compelling material. Um, one of the things I do a lot of as well is documentary style work or documentaries straight up um Mm -hmm. but in the commercial world they're sort of like you know can be doc style but this was basically documentary portraits of people that have received the congressional medal of honor Nice. um, so that one always stands out to me because it was like a really a way that I like to work when possible which is like a small nimble crew we're we're traveling Mm -hmm. all over the country um because we're going to wherever the recipients were and we'd be sort of like embedded with them for you know a day two days and have to tell their story you know and so we and the shoots always consisted of like you know we do a sit-down interview and then we just sort of like spend the day with them getting b-roll but like really trying to like get to the heart of like who they are and their life and Mm -hmm. and how these extraordinary stories that they've experienced, you know, or their extraordinary lives, you know, how, what it's like for them now. Um, um, So that one was really fun. That was really rewarding too, because uh, I mean, it wasn't a huge budget. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was producing and directing um, and my son was about only six months old then. So I was uh, you know, I had a young Uh son at home, which made, working from home really <laughs> complicated um, but yes. uh, it was a really like and all the while i was doing other jobs for other clients too so i was mm-hmm. you know it, it it was it was uh it was sort of a a little bit of um a little bit of a harried time but i really enjoyed that sort of uh workflow because we we shot that over the course of like i think it was like 4 months Mm -hmm. um so it gave us time to really do like a lot of prep for each shoot and then we'd fly out and you know go to our 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 subject and really know what we wanted to get into because a lot of times now I'll do these kind of projects but I don't have much prep time so I don't really get to Mm -hmm. dig into the the backstories in the way that you know I like to 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 go in and feel like I you know even have an idea of of what to ask these people and what to talk to them about and um and a project like that is cool because it's just like you know you're like I I really rely on my crew in that kind of situation Mm -hmm. you know we're working like super closely my DP on that my camera operator and um the sound people and we'd pick up you know grip and electric crews in each town we go to and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but um and even just bringing on those local crews you know finding those kind of people and you know getting to like it's always so fascinating to see like the industry in some like random part of the country where you figure there there wouldn't be an industry you know because there's just <laughs> yeah that's exactly it mm-hmm. um, like we were shooting and, how did,
0: and can we dive deeper into that because someone watching might be a filmmaker in those towns a lot of times yeah. they're trying to inspire people to, you know, move to LA and New York and, you know, Atlanta, Georgia or something like that. And those places are very much, you know, sometimes expensive and everything. So as a producer, how do you um, tap into that, you know, um, for the audience so they can know where to go or what to do in order to, if you're coming through town?
1: (laughs) Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I mean for me as far as like finding those crews it's really a lot of word of mouth and there's there is there are a lot of ways to do it online now there are like you know there are job boards that cover the entire country where you can post and find people and that can work great too Um, I always you know maybe I'm like old school but I always like getting like a word of mouth referral kind of thing because you Mm -hmm. know someone's worked with somebody you know that they're you you find out the things that you wouldn't be able to find out just by looking at a reel or a resume mm-hmm. or whatever or a website. Um, not those things certainly matter and, and are really important, but do it going this route, like you're like, you know, so you get the someone who says, Yeah, I've worked with this person, they're cool, they're great to work with, whatever they know their their stuff, you know, go for it. Um, but the great thing about filmmaking now is it's never been easier to be a filmmaker. Um, not easy, but it's never been easier to access all the, um, all of the information and everything you need to like, I mean, um, I, I teach part-time, um, uh, at, uh, the new school in New York city and I, I teach cinematography and I say to my students that I could kind of just set them up with like one or two blogs and then the Roger Deakins podcast, send them off for a couple months. And then we can just like check in and they'll probably like learn more than what i could give them in like a traditional like <laughs> education environment you know because it's it's all out there now um so which you is don't...
0: very real because that's it's great to be transparent about that you know that you yeah. if you're not able to go to film school there are other ways and other avenues and stuff as well and a lot oh, of times absolutely. i feel like yeah hands-on is the best and maybe um going to Kodak and Panavision asking for favors might not work as much nowadays, but
1: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: But there's other avenues to do the recordings and all of that stuff. as Well, well. I
1: mean, you can, you can buy uh, like a really amazing camera for a couple thousand dollars now that can do mm-hmm. a lot of what the much more expensive cameras can do. It maybe can't do it all, but you may not need all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so um I mean, I just shot my last project uh, with my Sony FX3, which is, I think, about a four thousand dollar camera. Um, and I think um, Greg Frazier, who shot Dune and many other amazing looking movies, I think he just used the that exact camera for like a huge film. Like, I mean, I don't know if he was using wow. it as his primary A camera, but it made its way onto his set. So, um, all that to say <laughs> that like it's the technology is so much more affordable than it's ever been. And it's probably only going to get more affordable. So if you're in a sort of out of the way place, you want to make films Mm -hmm. uh, you don't, you know, you maybe don't want to, or can't go to film school. None of that needs to be an impediment anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's all about storytelling. Like people have, uh, there's there's a need and a hunger for like good stories um, and original stories. And coming from wherever you come from, you might have, like, a totally different uh, take on things. You might have a really unique perspective on life. And that's great. That's amazing. Like, Mm you know, none of that is a liability. All of that is, like, an advantage in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just about, you know, learning storytelling and learning the the craft of filmmaking. And, you know, the other thing is is that, like, you can do all the stuff yourself, but you can also, like, find other collaborators around Mm -hmm. you that like, you know, maybe you just want to direct and write or you just want to produce and you don't want to get tied up with cameras and learning about, you know, color space and resolution and blah, blah, blah. and, (laughs) And just like, you know, just seek out those people, you know, find those people that do obsess over those things and do understand how to tell a story with these different tools. And, and again, to, for me, that's the most fun is working, is collaborating with people that specialize, um, whatever that specialty is, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it just, they're passionate about their thing. And mm-hmm. I get to learn so much from them and and you get to like bring them on your project and let them run wild, not run wild, but let, let, let them <laughs> make their contribution and like, you know, the 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 storytelling just benefits from from that kind of collaboration. So, um, so I guess yeah, just find your community like learn the part of the craft that is what's important to you that it resonates with you and and just spend a lot of time learning storytelling, watching movies, reading books, looking at art um, I mm-hmm. mean, there's just no shortage of ability to access all this amazing stuff now so um, So all
0: those students that are in your class, guys, listen up. This man knows his stuff. (laughs) This is 25 years of experience. Listen up because he's giving you some nuggets here. You've just tuned into an episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their knowledge. This has been a production of Bonti Pictures, hosted by me, Bonti McRae, a screenwriter and producer. We'd also like to thank Bad Rabbit Pictures for the animated content and creator of upcoming podcast Age of Prophecy along with our sponsor redhawk.uk with all episodes being edited by jacob daly director producer and a man of many talents come back next week as this saga continues for the conversations with filmmakers podcast